All right, guests, just give me a moment as we go live on Facebook, and we will get started with our August Members Festival. Mm -hmm. Give us a second. It does take a minute to make this happen. Okay. On a page. Roger, your phone's off, right? Or okay, thanks. Almost there. Okay, let me just double check. Okay, woohoo. All right, you guys, we are live here on Facebook. It looks like we've already got people. Okay, let me go ahead and let our other panelists in here. Just give me a moment. Okay. Got a few more panelists coming in and we'll get started here in just a minute. Hello, look at all you beautiful ladies. I'm so excited for today's event. One more here. Oh, Tamara, oh. Okay, I have everybody on mute, so you can't say hi yet, but we're gonna get there. All right, so I just wanna go ahead and thank everybody um, for joining us today here at the Empress Festival. My name is Angel Quintana, and I am the founder of Holistic Fashionista, and the Empress Festival is our monthly live event that we do right here over the internet with uh, solopreneurs from all around the globe. Um, they are actually the light workers that I follow on Instagram, that I stalk their page, they write for my magazine, they update me in all kinds of interesting ways of having the most fulfilled life. So I, it is my honor to introduce to you guys the panelists today. Uh, and in our future panelists, uh, they are all part of the Holistic Fashionista Club. And what we have for you today is helping you to embody your spirituality. So if you are going through uh, what we like to refer to as the dark night of the soul, which we'll talk a little bit about terminology here today, if you feel like you are going through a spiritual awakening because shit's hitting the fan, things are just you know, going a little haywire and you're being very emotional and you're just not understanding what's happening, um, that is a natural symptom to our own ascension. And because we are in a time, uh, an era called the age of Aquarius, 
we are in a time where we're all going through these changes. Like our bodies are changing. Um, the way that we're processing information is changing. And we need the support of people who have gone before us, who I like to refer to as the master teachers, which I have nine of them here today or eight of them here today, um, to help us kind of smooth the messy, um, the messiness that is the spiritual process. So when you embody your spirituality, your whole life starts to change. You know, it's not just that you are able to connect with the divine, like your career changes, your health changes, your relationship changes. And so that can be a lot for anybody to take on all at once. You know, it's just one of those things where it's like, and your friends and families might not know what you're going through. You might not have a support system um, that is there to kind of guide you through this process and listen to you and say that you're not crazy. And there is thousands and thousands of people who have, are going through the same exact thing. And I want to, you to know that the Empress Festival was specifically created to help, you know, nourish your soul during this transition. So my goal for us today is not only for you to take notes and um, just connect with the women that we have here today, but also if there is somebody here that you feel would be a great mentor for you, um, if you feel that they um, resonate with an energy or maybe they have a, same, a similar story as you, um, you might want to jot down their name. Uh, we, they are going to be leaving their Instagram or website below this video on our Facebook fan page and inside the Empress Festival Facebook group. So if you're not in the Facebook group, yet you can go ahead and add yourself there as well but I would just really like you guys to take note of if there's anybody here that you want to continue um, to learn from they have classes they have courses uh, we got Raja teaching a master class um, in the next couple weeks here um, they all write for the magazine so I'll be talking about the holistic fashionista magazine actually let's just go ahead and talk about that now they all write for the magazine so this is also a great resource for those of you who are you know on your path and you're just not really quite sure where what that next step is you can pick this up on our website so you can check that out it's a great entry way of just getting to know um, what holistic fashionista is all about okay Without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and do um, some rounds here where we can do introductions so that everybody has a chance to, to, to tell us what it is that they do, who they serve, and what problem they solve. Okay, so I'm going to start with you, um, Raja. Nice. Thank you so much for being here. Hi. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Okay, so tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, who you do it for, and what problem you solve. Okay, so uh, my name is Raja. I am Mystical Healing Guide. That is my company name. Um, so I'm a spiritual life coach, mentor, um, and counselor. Uh, I work through intuitive uh, knowledge, and I also uh, work through uh, divination. So I utilize tarot. I utilize uh, cowrie shells and uh, channeled guidance and information that I receive from my spirit team, as well as the person that I'm communing with. Um, I help people, as you said, through the dark night of the soul, through um, life changes and challenges. I support people through um, various stages and uh, changes in their lives. Um, specifically, my goal is to work to elevate everybody's um, energetic uh, frequency to the highest level possible within this lifetime. That for me speaks to self-sovereignty. So releasing ourselves from 
karmic cycles, releasing ourselves from um, soul contracts that no longer serve us, working in the Akashic Records to do that, um, and to just releasing um, even trauma from this life as well as from past lives. Wow. Well, we are going to be talking about, because you threw out a couple words there that I'm not familiar with, like Kari shells, I think was one of them. So we are going to do a little, um, you know, 5D definition. So for those of them who are like, what is she talking about? Akashic Records, what? Karmic Cycles, what? So we will talk about that. So how can our listeners today, how can they get in touch with you to learn more about um, my website? Yeah, my website is www.mysticalhealing.guide. Um, my Instagram is mysticalhealing.guide and my email, Raja, R-A-S-I-A, at mysticalhealing.guide. Radness. Thanks so much for being here, Raja. I'm so... Thank you. Okay. So Malia, so excited to have you here. Please take a moment to introduce yourself, uh, what it is that you do, who you do it for, and what problem you solve. All right. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here and in great company. <laughs> Uh, let's see, who, who am I? I'm a Seattle-based intuitive consultant. My name is Malia Jacobs. I've been doing what I've been doing for about 24 years now total. Um, I, do, I started with two-way telepathic communication with animals, and I quickly learned I wasn't helping people with animal problems. It was the other way around. I was helping animals with people problems. So I helped take folks from good to great in the shortest amount of time possible. And then I also provide um, a, an unfair advantage to folks with the intuitive insights. Um, you know, one, two, three, I'll tell you, I don't even have to know what they are. I'll just tell you exactly what, uh, why and yes or no, that kind of stuff. So uh, it's intuition applied to human needs and aspirations um, widely. And who do I serve? It's uh, pre-verbal children to um, law enforcement, cold cases. Uh, it, I feel like I operate like a satellite dish and then I get the information and I pass it on. So it just depends on which, you know, what client I'm working with. It could be a top jockey, or a top athlete um, to help them with medical intuition. It's really applicable in so many ways. Um, jury consulting, mergers and acquisitions. Um, it, it just runs the gamut. Um, what do I help folks with getting out of their own way mostly and shining a light, shining a light on the things that they can't see because we're all too close to our own canvas. That's why I have a pit crew of paid professionals to keep me vertical and moving and, you know, in a care, care provider position. So it takes many to create one. So I like to think of myself as one of the many that helps to create the one. So that's wow. what I do and who I serve. Wow. Well, there's so many questions I want to ask you just to get more familiar with what it is that you do, but I'm going to start there um, and let people kind of digest that because I think that everybody's listening, whoever's listening to this um, is, you know, they have questions. They have a, have a million questions. And, you know, when we're, when we don't have an open third eye and we're not able to actually receive the downloads, you know, we often look towards other people or we look through tarot readers and astrologers and intuitive guides and things like that to kind of help us, you know, be the, the catalyst, you know, between, you know, them understanding and finding their own answers. So thank you so much for being here, Malia. I'm looking forward to learning more about you. Thank you. And, oh, did I get your, did you say your email and your oh, website and all that? Well, 
It's Malia Jacobs everywhere. It's M-A-L-E-A-H-J-A-C-O-B-S. On Instagram, that's where I spend a lot of time. Website, maliajacobs.com. Emails, Malia, maliajacobs.com. Perfect. Malia Jacobs. Perfect. We got <laughs> Thank it. Thank you. All right. Tamara, is it Tamara or Tamara? I think you might have to turn on your, your oh, there it's you are. Tamara, yeah. I know I've spoken to you again. I love your <laughs> accent. So thank you so much for being here. We're so excited to have you. And you're in, in Australia, right? I am, Adelaide, Australia. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about what you do, um, who you serve, and what problem you solve. Hello, everybody. So nice to be here with you. Um, my business is Alchemist. And I am an intuitive mentor, soul guide, and a homeopath. And I basically guide people back home to their heart and to their truth and their authentic self. Um, I activate their multidimensional remembrance, basically. And I have clients ranging from mainly female, but I do serve men beautiful men but mainly females and anywhere between um early 20s late teens to women in their beautiful 60s and 70s um, who are just basically wanting to return home to themselves um, in a nutshell basically you can find me on instagram under alchemist and my website is alchemist.com and my yes, email. A L is I know you spell alchem it's not mess, not mist, right? Yeah, A L C H E M E double S. Awesome. Thanks so much for being here. I'm excited to dive in, learn more. Awesome. All right. Marcella, one of our longest club members here at Holistic Fashionista. So excited to have you here, girl. Tell us a little bit about you, what you do, who you who you serve, and what problem you solve. Well, I'm so excited to be here and, you know, being the magic of your space. You've been amazing. And um, so again, my name is Marcella Barone. I am a priestess and uh, most mostly a priestess activator. So I um, do soul illumination readings. I, um, I, I work with different divination systems um, to help women come into their energetic magic, right? Their magic and also their soul essence divine essences um, specifically women are, that are reaching out to come back in the divine feminine they may not even know exactly um, what it is they're looking for but they're feeling like disconnected depleted um, just in a way just dissatisfied right and also um, within that group I also um, serve women that are more on their spiritual path and they're really waiting and wanting to get more into the sacred arts I'm a sacred arts uh, facilitator. I was going to say familiator. <laughs> That's what it's going to channel into my mouth, right? Familiator, um, sacred arts uh, facilitator, and I um, offer priestess programs. So I um, help women also really embody in, into their essence. So I do embodiment work. I do hands-on healing work. And then I work with, again, different um, sacred arts tools, like I started with astrology, tarot, numerology that led me into sacred dance actually. And that's really what has pulsated through my work is um, coming back into the goddess through the body. And then, you know, um, feng shui, face reading, human design, um, 
tarot is one of my favorites, of course, but, um, and I teach tarot and things like that. So it's like bringing back the magic, right? Helping support this, like rebirthing of the divine feminine. And within that, the spiritual teachers, as this is part of, you know, the work that you do, you're bringing this empress work, the powerful um, wave of really calling that in. So um, with me, the, my work also is that reclaiming the fullness of being and sacred sensuality. And so it has definitely been a dance in how that looks like for women and really rediscovering and reclaiming the self, redefining themselves really in their soul essence. Wow. Are you guys starting to figure out why I have the most awesome community? I don't know. I'm like, wait, these people are like, you guys have changed my life. Like you have no idea. Like I'm sure a lot of the people that are tuning in, you know, maybe they're already on the spiritual path, but I'm already writing down words that I'm going to have you guys clarify because you know, there's just so it's so much more, um, than, you know, it's, it's all, it's discovering who you are, but like, like Marcella said, it's a dance, you know, and there's all these things, especially as women. I know we get a lot of women who will listen to this, hence it's called the Empress Festival. Um, but we are so divinely magical. And I, I, I feel like there should be a slogan or something for the Empress Festival of just like how to, how to use this vessel, like as a piece of magic. Um, and so we're going to dive further into that, but thank you so much for clarifying and letting us know what you do, Marcella. It's always a joy to see you and connect with you. The vessel, the vessel is such a powerful one. The vessel. Awesome. Medicine, I think you want me to share that part. Sacredfemininemedicine.com or sacredfemininemedicine.com. Yes. So at sacredfemininemedicine.com medicine right now is my handle but marcella at sacredfemininemedicine.com um those are the main places you can find Perfect. Me. yes and marcella has a new elixir coming out with holistic fashionista collaborative elixir <laughs> smells like sexiness to me <laughs> we'll talk about that a little bit later but thanks so much for being here marcella all right and i'm gonna move down to is it yayi Yes, it's Yayi Joyce. Hello. Yayi Joyce. Hello. So I'm excited to have you. Here. I'm honored to be here. I honor all the divinity in each and every single one of you. So I love your turban. Tell us a little bit about what you do, who you serve, and what problem you solve. Okay. Well, I serve, I'm an ancestor worker. I am a African a spiritual priestess, and I'm also an interfaith minister. And I'm a root worker and a hoodoo worker where I use herbology and root work to help people get into their spirit because in our culture, we've lost spirit and spirit can't give you something that your head won't accept. And so helping people to get back into their spiritual head consciousness as what I do a lot. And a lot of it has to do with ancestral work because we bring, we are our ancestors, our ancestors are us. And so we bring it over with us. So that's what I help people to do. I use um, various divination tools. You know, I use shamalangos, crow shells like uh, Raish, uh, and, um, and also communicating with the ancestors and it's really just getting people back onto their destiny because we have a saying that destiny is good character good character is our destiny and so to get people in alignment with that ancestral realm been doing it for 21 years mostly seriously 
after uh, 9-11 because I'm a retired New York City Fire Department emergency worker. And so when I got 9-11 cough, it really showed me a lot about getting back into the old ancient ways. So I help a lot of emergency workers and things of that nature and just people that experience trauma. Oh, sorry about that. Oh, that's wow. I felt like the emergency, like the bell. I don't know. I don't know what that was. Like I have it on mute. I don't know. The story of my life. Wow. Yeah. And I'm Yayi Joyce everywhere. It's uh, Y-A-Y-I Joyce, J-O-Y-C-E. Beautiful. And where are you calling from? I'm in Atlanta now, but I'm in Atlanta now. Okay, great. Thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to dive further in. Thank you for having me. All the magic you're bringing to today's, today's uh, session. So thank you. You're welcome. All right, let's go down here to Lauren West. Got two Laurens here today. Hi. Hello, hello. Tell us a little bit about what you do, who you do it for, and what problem you solve. Sure. I am the Cosmic Coach. I'm Lauren West. Um, I am a spiritual life and business coach and graphic designer. And... I work with women, a lot of like millennial women and mothers actually, and I help them bring their visions to life. So whether it is a new job or actually creating a business or um, finding love or um, going somewhere that they've always wanted to do, like, you know, soul goals and also career goals, healthy balance of both, um, and just create a, a life and then potentially also a business if they're entrepreneurial. Um, that supports them and that feels good and that just feels aligned and authentic and abundant. And I use a lot of um, energy healing and tarot in my modalities to help people heal. I find that I attract a lot of women that require a lot of heart healing and I've done that on myself a lot. (laughs) And um, yeah, it's just, I, I feel like I'm here to create beauty in the world and then also inspire women and help empower them and just create lives that feel good and like they're flowing in, in all aspects. Beautiful. And what is your website? Uh, My website is www.cosmiccoach.co and my Instagram is at the cosmic coach. Awesome. I love it because we don't get too many business coaches on here, but you know, some of the people that are listening, they're just taking in all the, the high vibes, but the, you know, they're still also trying to align and you know, get their business to really feel and speak the way that they want to show up in the world. So it'll be an interesting dynamic to have you. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> Yay. All right. And then finally, Lauren McLean. So happy to have you here. You, okay, there you go. Thanks. Yeah, I'm excited to be here too. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, who you do it for, and what problem you solve. Yeah, so my name is Lauren McLean. I am in Canada, right smack in the middle in Manitoba. Um, I serve, I'm an intuitive designer. So I blend interior design consulting with interior mindset work and help people match their insides to their outsides and vice versa. Um, it's my philosophy and a deep belief that I hold that our homes and our spaces are a manifestation of our mindset. And then when we shift one of them, the other one shifts on its own. It shifts intuitively um, because as we up level inside, that shift needs to be felt outside too. And, and when we surround ourselves 
with things and, and possessions and furniture and all of that, it carves a routine into our lives. And when we can up-level that and shake up that routine and shake up those flows within our lives, that helps us up-level too. So I work with women um, kind of in two big life stages. I have two main groups of women that I work with a lot. I work with women who are becoming empty nesters for the first time, who are becoming um, going through that life transition at the end of their life when they're kind of realizing a newfound freedom and realizing a newfound identity that they didn't know they had before and helping women transition into that new side of themselves. Um, and also women who are transitioning um, kind of into that full, um, on the other end of the spectrum, kind of in that early 30s, um, late 20s, kind of fully coming into womanhood and kind of fully coming into that understanding of themselves and helping them dive into that more deeply. So it ends up being around both Saturn returns happens to be around that. It's not, that's how it ends up being, but I use um, a lot of tools. I, a lot of it comes intuitively. A lot of it, somebody will just hand me something and I'm like, Oh, I can do this now. Um, and so a lot of it comes from past life memories and a lot of it comes from uh, past life uh, things. My past lives have always been very close to the surface. So um I just know a lot of the stuff, but I use a lot of feng shui, astrology, um, Akashic records, uh, earth energy, ley line energy, um, the energy of houses and electricity and um, the actual architectural energy of things. And yeah, to do all of that. And then also just whatever angels, guides, goddesses want to come through and chat that day. So Awesome. And what's your website? My website is heartandhaven.co. So it's H-E-A-R-T-A-N-D. H-A-V-E-N dot co. Perfect. Wow. Well, firstly, I'm going to clarify this because one, I don't know if we met each other or if we found each other on, on Instagram or wherever we found each other that I redid my whole house. I don't know if you even like know that, but like I remember, so that's like, oh yeah, like I up level my, I redid everything. So the other thing I wanted to mention, um, just for like everybody who's listening and also for our speakers here today. Um, you know, I have this concept, it's a trademark term, it's called kismet client. And, you know, when I ask the question, you know, who is that you serve and, you know, and, you know, what problem you solve, you know, to me, it's never been a demographic. It's never been a target market. It's never been a single woman who owns a home and she makes this much money, you know, um, you know, pain is pain. And to me, like a kismet client is yourself, but you a few years ago when you were looking for solutions to your own problems. So, you know, as we go through, you know, um, you know, this process with the Empress Festival and our listeners today, it's like, you know, these women that we have here today, they, they serve, they serve people that have problems, but more importantly, serve people that are similar to themselves. So I really want you guys to, for our listeners, if you're resonating with people's, you know, gifts, um, we're going to go deeper into some of their stories because I do believe that the power of story is how we connect with each other. So I'm just going to go around and, and kind of call in a few people here to tell us a little bit about how, how you got into this, you know, and that could have been a dark night of the soul. It could have, it could have been a spiritual awakening, but it could have just been unfolding naturally for many, many years. So I think it's really powerful for our listeners to, uh, to know just, you know, what your journey was, like, how does somebody get to be uh, an intuitive, intuitive designer, you know? Like, how does somebody become, you know, uh, you know, sacred sensuality coach? Like, the, you know, what I mean? these are things that are our higher calling. But how do we get there? I think I think there's people asking themselves, like, I want to know my purpose. Like, I want to know what I'm here to do. And obviously, there's all these divination tools as we're kind of starting to dabble into um, that can help reveal that. So I kind of want to just like, 
dabble. And why don't we just start with you, Marcella? Um, you know, in a, in a few sentences or, you know, in a minute or so, like what, um, you know, how did you get here? How did you get to this divine path of you, call, of you finding and living your higher calling? So there's definitely different ways that it came, you know, to be like, as I was sharing, just the path of um, like first starting with like knowing I was intuitive, but not having those words when I was like in my teens and, and things, I just knew things and then um, finding astrology first. And it's like, oh, it just felt like soul, right? And as um, working with soul records that I, I do as well, like just helping um, me find myself. Right. Like knowing that I'm here for something bigger, but not knowing how to put into it. Um, so started from there and then the different systems that brought me but to that. But to me, also losing a soulmate to me, because um, it was very part part of my work of communicating, learning to really be fully who I am and be in my heart. Like he showed me that as my first like soulmate of um, from like the life lessons around that. So um that was a dance into back into my body because a part of me was feeling unworthy like there's an unworthiness that was kind of coming through my through my lineage i'm latina and things and it's like you serve the man and things like that and it was just like the dance of you know seeing that how that looked like on a personal basis and then knowing that there was more um even um to spirituality like i i felt there's like more i'm here for more than that and um, that brought me to sacred dance ballet dance was like, oh, my, something about this is calling me. You know what I realized um, that I was called to, um, I was looking for the goddess. I was looking for the, the divine feminine that was not present in my life, which in the embodiment of like, say, what is truly being in value in my body um, so that I can then, um, you know, have that, like I'm more than enough feeling. So that was a dance of like years of, you know, dancing um, my own work and then feng shui came to me for the temple space and through that feng shui was like bringing back remembering the altars my mom also did altars so like but her hers was like like in between she was more of a priestess right and she um you know calling that piece in and then um, learning how to use your space in that as a temple um brought me to other systems that i did but uh, more specifically when I then I, as I, I got certified you know years doing that and the women that were coming to me looking for a soulmate looking you know so it's like that recurring soulmate wow. situation and um, realizing that even if I help you in your space you're gonna have to learn how to embody that like how does this look like and then really owning that and then having to go back into my myself and like I need to learn more go deeper to be of service for myself and for others so that came in more with um, learning more um, divine feminine embodiment, the meditations inwards, um, doing healing work, coming back into the womb, into the lunar cycles. I found a woman's spirituality master's program, PhD called me. I, I'm from the East Coast, New Jersey, Argentinian background. I have gypsy background. I have, you know, um, Argentinian native, South American, right? like all the, like speaking to me, like, you know, and, 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 um, and, oh, and then through the tarot work, right? The spiritual awakening piece. I know you said a few words. I, I just realized <laughs> But uh, getting psychic attacks and stuff and not knowing what that is. So then not having to learn how to work with crystals and essential oils and plants through that spiritual awakenings of like, oh, wait a second, um, you know, discerning energy, feel like working with my own fields. And how does that look like in my work? So that kept dancing into um, this revelation of the woman's spirituality program as a priestess. 
right? Like, oh, this is actually a master's. I'm going to sum thing. it up because what I'm hearing is that you followed the signs. You know, you follow, oh, like, you follow the signs. So like the way it sounds like the way that Marcella was led to her path is that, you know, she found something she liked, sounded like it started with astrology. Mine started there too at the age of 14 and you kept following the signs. And when something, you know, wasn't feeling good, you went back and then there was more things calling you. So I feel like for the people who are like, you know, they're like waiting for somebody to tell them what their purpose is and what their calling is. Mm -hmm. And it's like, their signs are everywhere. And there's a really great saying, you know, especially with like law of attraction, attraction stuff, you know, if you want to manifest something, you have to be that you have to become that. So here we are with, you know, these amazing speakers today who are embodying, right, this word embodiment, which we'll talk about, um, you know, from your space to how you dress to how you feel to who you surround yourself with to what you eat to how you to how you do life, you know, it has to be congruent, you know, there's a great um, psychological term called cognitive dissonance. And I think it's a reoccurring disease in our life, you know, of people around us who are saying one thing and doing something else and it's not cohesive it's not to the greater good of who you are so I feel like um, the more that we um, more that we get real you know I had somebody I went on a date recently and he asked me he's like how do you know that you're awake I thought that was like a really good question and I said oh well I just don't give a fuck what anybody thinks about me and he was like that is like the best answer ever and I was like I know it is really. I think it is too, you know, cause you realize that like, you're not doing your life wrong. You're not doing like, if you're into something, you're into something. If like somebody's behavior hurts your feelings, but it shouldn't because they said it shouldn't too bad. It does. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be, you know, right or wrong or the majority of people are doing this. So it's acceptable. If it's not acceptable to you, then it's just not acceptable to you. You know, if it interests you, then it interests mm -hmm. you. So I love this because we have, you know, we have these amazing women here today with all completely different backgrounds. You know, everybody's been through their own traumatic path. So let's keep this journey. We'll do a few more, you know, um, just storytelling here just to kind of plant the seed. So thank you so much for sharing, Marcella. Let's go to you, Raja. You know, how did you start on this journey? You know, what's, what's your story? Yeah. So, um, like Marcella said, there's so many paths. Um, I can start from when I was a child and I knew probably around age four that I was like, I don't want to be here. This world is like not cool. Um, and, and I knew it was going to be a crazy ride. So I guess my intuitive knowingness started then around age four. Um, but it's, it's very strong in my lineage. Um, back up, as far as I know, but it could go further, three um, grandmothers, great-grandmothers, great-great-grandmothers back um, on my mother's side as well as my father's side, both held seances, um, connected with the dead, um, channeled intuitive messages, um, made um, tinctures, you know, plant medicine, all kinds of things for people in the community uh, to access. So there's that piece um, genetically or DNA wise. Um, and then my own journey was um, I got kicked in the ass. I mean, this is who I am. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And when I wasn't doing it, it was like spirit gave me the smackdown every time. And so really um, what brought me, so I've, I've had an altar. I've done divination. I've done all of these things. I've channeled, had intuitive hits. 
um, spoke with my Starseed family, been working with Akashic Records since I was a teenager. Um, and it was always a part of who I was and what I did, but never as a job. That came um, 2014, I was hospitalized. Um, my All my internal organs shut down. I had a major um, repositioning in my life. I left my toxic marriage of 10 years and um, realigned um, with my sole purpose. And that's how it became um, a full-time business instead of something I did part-time or only for friends or, um, and through that I discovered um, various meditations, various breath work. I did, um, I practiced sound healing, um, connecting to nature. I um, work with plant medicine a lot, um, Santo Daimi and Ayahuasca. And um, that really helped to, um, I mean, talk about like bringing my, all of my gifts to the forefront. Um, that really helped with that. My father is my godfather as well. I'm a priestess in Palo. And um, he's my godfather, so astrology, Reiki, um, he does all of that as well as speak with the ancestors. And he really imparted that gift on me and so uh, to me and, um, and taught me. So it's just, it came from kind of all of these uh, directions and integrated into one. And um, yeah, that's kind of my story. Yeah. So you've had family that, you know, that started this journey with you it sounds like yeah oh, definitely I mean I, my memories as a child were you know with my mother going to get um tarot card readings or crystals or you know, I want that mom <laughs> yeah so that's how I grew up and then with my father it was the same thing with my father it was like um you know introducing me to his godfather um a priest in um in Palo Quimbisa who's a Puerto Rican man. And so it was just always a part of my life. I don't, I was the weird kid in school that everybody made fun of because we did weird things. <laughs> and I thought it was okay to talk about them. <laughs> so. So interesting. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Well, I took a couple notes and it's just to kind of clarify for, again, for our listeners, you know, divorce. I, I say that just as getting married is a, is a ceremonial rite of passage, getting in divorce is also a rite of passage. Um, another thing, you know, like Marcella, she's gone through death. Probably many of us have gone through health, chronic health issues. So, you know, a lot of this, you know, path to discovering the higher calling and becoming your own master teacher um, really starts with, you know, the transformation that happens from within. And sometimes, you know, the universe likes to, you know, I call it Saturn, the one that's just like, if you keep suppressing what you're supposed to be doing, I'm going to make it hard for you. Um, yeah. to me, that's Saturn energy and he's just going to whip your ass. So if you're getting your ass whooped right now, it's because Saturn is like pushing you that you're not doing the thing that you're supposed to be doing. You're still trying to like dance around it, not in a good way. So anyway, thank you so much for sharing, Rachel. We'll come back to you in just a minute. All right. I want to know, Tamara, Tamara, what is your zodiac sign? Aquarius. Okay. So let's talk about that. Okay. That was like so not planned, but now I know where we're going to go. Okay. So as I mentioned, when we first started the Empress Festival, so the whole mission between for Holistic Fashionista is that we help other people, you know, uh, learn from master teachers, but so that they can become their own master teacher. And Aquarius 
is the zodiac sign who is here to make a difference. They are the visionaries, they're the humanitarians, um, they are the social leaders, um, they are really here to help people expand consciousness. So seeing that the work that you do, um, tell us a little bit about how you got into homeopathy. Was it like for your own self-healing? Where did this whole journey start? Um, and how does the Aquarian age play into your brand? Hmm. Okay. That's a big question. Um, it started for me as a kid. Um, so I just, it, for me, it was a non-negotiable. When I look back now, it was absolute, you know, it was always going to happen. I was never going to be able to deny it or escape it. Um, I tried, uh, but it didn't work as, as most of you ladies will totally understand. But yeah, as a kid, I was very, very open, very sensitive, very um, intuitive. And I, you know, used to commune more with my um, spirit guides and galactic family um, more than my human family and was, you know, always picking up on what people were thinking and feeling and um, energetically was just, it was just overload. Um, but I was, that's where I was at home and that's where I felt myself. And I always knew that there was this, this fire within my belly. Just, I just, there was like something just pushing me all the time to, there's something that I have to do. There's something that I have to be doing. Didn't know what it was. Um, and then I went through some traumas um, in my early years and I really, it was actually, when I think back now, it was more my pain that actually carved the path. Um, shame, pain, self-hatred that really actually took me um, and brought me to where I am now. So if it, if it wasn't for all of that, I don't think I would, it would have been a different path. I always would have ended up here, but it would have been a very different path to get here. But um, and it was, yeah, I guess it was my own wanting to feel pain-free and shame-free that um, fueled my unfolding um, through life circumstances, through work. I eventually got into homeopathy um, about 15. I've been in business for 16 years. I think this is my 16th year. So my previous career was a beauty therapist. Um, and that was sort of, I got into that because I was obsessed with perfection. Um, and that was fueled by shame and wanting to just step out of that and, you know, cover it all up through perfection and control. Um, and obviously my career didn't last very long. It just, it wasn't, it wasn't soul based. Um, and it wasn't long. It was three, four years and I was ready to, you know, really step out of that. But it was actually being alone with my clients, my beauty therapy clients that enabled me to really understand that, I need to be working one-on-one -on -one and I need to go really deep. I was always wanting to go really deep with my clients and any conversations. And I was bringing through intuitive um, wisdom and knowledge and guidance for them, but not really knowing what I was doing at the time. And um, I, yeah, I quit my job very suddenly, just one day decided to quit. Didn't know what the hell I was going to do and looked into you know, psychology and different types of medicine that was soul-based um, and came across homeopathic medicine. And it just lit me up from the inside. And I just, 
knew that that was where I needed to be. So I embarked on four years study and then, you know, set up my clinic. And wow, wow, did that take me on a journey, you know, because in order to be in this position, you, you have to do your work. You have to do your own healing first and, you know, your business will not your business is an absolute direct reflection of, of you um, and an extension of you. So, yeah, I was calling in clients that for, for about the first 10 years, it was all about sexual abuse um, and shame and blame and um, guilt, you know, and that was because that's what I was healing from within. Um, so, and then it started, and then I really started to remember um, there was just this really strong remembrance and I started to step away from how I had been trained as a homeopath and started to do everything my way um, and prescribe. I always prescribed intuitively. I never, I always used to look in my books just to confirm it, but um, I stopped using books. I stopped taking notes. I just started doing things my way um, and stepped out of the umbrella of being the the classical homeopath and just yeah I went wow. went went into well this is what I do and and you either align with that or or you don't and I was willing to I was I guess I was willing to take a chance and and take that quantum leap and lose a lot of clients in order to really call in the people that were ready to work with my soul's medicine and, and all of my gifts and um, the frequencies that I was truly bringing through. So everything kind of, yeah, it just, it just, it was just a beautiful unfolding. So. Wow. Yeah. I just have to say, I mean, I heard so many different things, but one, you know, the visionary, right? The Aquarian in you is like, I'm going to take all of this stuff that I've learned about healing, about medicine, about the way that I intuitively get hits. I'm going to do it in my own formula. It's something I call signature system. And I'm, I'm saying this because there's people out there looking for their purpose and they're not realizing that like even all of these dead end jobs that you think were dead end jobs, they were, they were preparing you um, in a, with, a, with a skill that you are going to use in your higher calling. And it just seems like that's very much your story that you just basically took all these things, you know, maybe it was, wasn't the perfect job with the beauty therapist, but you gained some insights around what, you know, a gift that you had. And then you took some risk. And, you know, I feel, you know, especially during the spiritual process, it's like risk is like, you kind of got to, um, I, I mentioned this in the last Empress Festival, we're all given keys and it's up to us if we're going to go and unlock the door and open it and walk inside and see what's on the other side. And the people that are too scared to open the door, they just don't get to know. But we've been trained and we've been programmed from this third dimensional way of living that we're supposed to have the whole thing planned out, right? That we're supposed to get this degree and then have our own practice. And then that's just that we're done. And here, you know, Tamara is saying that, she couldn't go about it in the classical way anymore. There was something calling her to do it in her own way um, and serve her clients in her own way. And that became her signature system. So I just feel like this is such a profound um, insight and where we're going in today's festival, which is a little different than how we've done some of the other festivals. But you know, if we can be brave enough um, to take the keys, you know, the hits, 
and go, okay, I just want, I got to know, you know, I got to go get a reading, you know, from Raja. I got to go do some healing with Marcella. I got to go fix my home up, you know, with Lauren. I, Cause I just want to know, I want to know if I change my whole environment, like, is it really going to change me? I just want to know, you know? And I feel like it, it, it's like, it's not even a risk. It's just like, it's an intuitive hit of just a desire um, to, to be more than what you're, you are right now because we're so brilliant in our natural capacity. And so anyway, I just feel like you answered the question exactly because it, I see the visionary in you with just the Aquarius um, and your path, you know, with shame. Uh, I know a lot of you guys probably know about, you know, Brene Brown. And for those of you guys who are um, listening, um, she's got a great uh, TED talk on YouTube, but she's also got a show on HBO, uh, Netflix, um, all around courage and being brave. And um, I won't go into all of that, but I think it's just a great resource. So thank you so much for sharing. I really loved your story. Awesome. Okay. So let's go to Lauren. Let's get into this um, environment stuff. I want to know um, not only your story, I think like I'm with you and actually let me ask you a question. What's your sign? I'm an Aquarius too. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I need to know everybody's side. So we're going to get there. I need to know everybody. Okay. So I'm a, I'm huge on like decor and hmm. down to like the touch of the sheets and the color and how it makes me feel and, and all of that. And I think it, it is an area of people that they get stuck a lot. You know, either they'll just go buy something and just buy everything from one store. I was going to buy that room from West Elm and then put it in my house. Or maybe they don't even freaking care at all. And they just like mishmash and, and unless they need a new sofa, then they don't get one, you know? So, you know, that process um, of, of changing your home, um, what are some of the transformations that you've seen with your clients once they truly try to... Um, replicate who they are on the inside to have it be reflected in their physical environment? Yeah. Um, that's such an interesting question. I have had a couple of different clients with different transformations, but the kind of the most prevalent factor is that most people come to me saying that their home never feels complete. It never feels just right. It never feels like home. And I've often asked my clients, I, actually I always ask my clients, when was the last time you felt at home. Um, and like some clients will say, I haven't felt at home since I was a kid at my mom's house, or I haven't felt at home, you know, in like, what is that? Like people just don't understand that feeling. And so the biggest transformation I have noticed in my one client was she called her house Dollsville and, um, it was so boring to her. She hated it. It just, she it was so blah. She, her whole body language was so blah. And the day that she was taking me on her house, giving me the tour of her house, we walked into her basement in her craft room and I walked into the room and, you know, carrying on la da And all of a sudden I walk out to the closet and get hit with this energy. So I said to her, I was like, so uh, what's going on in that closet? And she opens the doors and it's floor to ceiling full of old photo albums. She's like, it's this project I've been wanting to work on and I've been wanting to do, but I just haven't, I don't know where to start. And I was like, okay, it's got to come out of the closet. We have to move that out of the closet and onto the dining room table upstairs, like right now. We have, that's your homework today. It has to come out of the closet. And so it became this huge energy shift and we were able to add more color into her home and lightness and, and, and sunlight and that kind of thing to physically move the energy around the house, but also to get her moving. And she was a little bit older and, and it was able to, to 
get her more creatively thinking uh, and get her more creatively problem solving and her family ended up coming home. They actually all lived around the globe um, and they ended up having like getting pregnant and having babies and they wanted to come home to her to, to do that at home and be with her. And so she got, she, she called in her children again and she had her children and these babies and all this creation and, and life around her when she decided to open herself up and decided to bring more of that uh, vitality into her home through color and through light and all that kind of thing. Um, so by letting things get unstuck. Wow. Okay. I'm just writing, <laughs> taking a note here. Okay. So it's interesting because <laughs> I was married to a Virgo and he didn't want anything changed. And I'm the type of person that I want to change everything. I'm like, <laughs> you know, he's like laughing over there. If I literally moved like a pillow, why is that pillow there? I'm like, what do you mean? You know? And it's like, and I need change. Like for me, like entered, like just, just to feel like it's a new space. Like I just, I, to refresh, to reboot, to, you know, just to get that extra spark. And, you know, there's a lot of people, they're very reluctant to, for that kind of change. What's your piece of advice to them? Um, is that change doesn't have to be the whole house at once. Um, that it's a process, it's a process that unfolds slowly. So some clients come to me and they're just like so nervous and I'm going to change every single thing in the house and they are not going to be able to handle it. And, and some people come in, have been, who've been fighting that, fighting that, fighting that, fighting that, fighting that, but they're at the breaking point and they know that like, okay, everything just has to change. I don't know where to go. So just do it for me. Um, however, what I always encourage, whether you want to do everything on one day or whether you want to do it over the course of like a year is that we take some time with the process and we do it step by step. So start with the bigger pieces, um, start with the bigger transformations, the bigger colors, and then allow things to unfold as they go. Um, so that we're not so that you get to grow into it. So that you get to, to grow with it as opposed to just like waking up one day in a new house being like, Oh, why did I do this again? What just happened? Like, <laughs> right. It's, it's cause I mean, when you think about it, that feeling of being at home, like if you think of being at your mom's house, you think of being whatever it developed over time, it changed over time. Even when you move, even if you had like a huge purge of stuff, that kind of thing, it always unfolds. And so I think that our mindset and our homes are, do that beautifully together. Love it. To me, I mean, I, I work from home. I know a lot of you guys probably work from home. It's like, it's essential. Mm -hmm. Like the home is the sanctuary. And I know many of you guys have talked about altars, but I literally have altars in like, even in the hallway, like there's a little, there's a little nook, you know, like there's just little things every day. And it's just like, I even created like, um, like an offering altar. Like, I don't know, I get my nails done and I feel like all Vietnamese places, actually there's quite a few restaurants, even like um, Mexican food places, they all have altars. So I'm, I'm bringing this to people's attention that when you go to a restaurant, if you look, a lot of them have altars. They'll have like a statue and like fruit and or like a little fountain or like, you know, they'll have something there. And once you notice that, you know, it, you realize because it's energy, like they're, they're holding space, right. For their business in this case, you know, so in your home, um, having these altars. So I'm just going to start like, you know, calling on random people. Cause let's talk about altars here for a second. To me, it, it was something that it was one of the last things I did, which seems it would have been like the first thing that I should have done. Um, so I, let's go ahead and talk to you, Malia. Um, what's your, what's your two cents on altars and do you have an altar? How do you use it? What, what's on your altar? Just like you, Angel, little altars everywhere. Um, I'm, I live on a houseboat. I'm not drunk. I'm, I'm just kind of moving, moving with the, the motion of the lake. I look around and I'm, I'm 
everywhere my eyes land, there's little curated spaces, altars or altars. They're just everywhere. And I, I like to, you know, the eye has to travel, gets to travel. And I want my eye to be able to land someplace that lights me up or reminds me who I truly am. And uh, Lauren, the second Lauren, I tidy outside, tidy inside, and tidy inside, tidy outside, or order inside, order outside. So I love, 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 I love this uh, collective of women here today learning so much. I'm super lit up and inspired to, you know, con Mari again or, you know, clear out the houseboat and get things in optimal order. And yeah, there's- And it's there's, a never-ending you know, process. <laughs> totally. I wouldn't have it any other way. I cycle clothes in and they go out and I, I like to reboot and refresh my spaces. Me too. Thanks for sharing. I'm going to yeah, skip for... gears here and go over to Lauren West. You know, is there some kind of like magic, magical process or altar or ritual that you advise your clients to use before they work with you or during working with you? If so, what is it? Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I actually have more of like a shrine. I oh, shrine. Yes. Entertainment like system, like wooden thing. It's right here. But I have like all my crystals and like my statues and I have like a little like abundance, like nooks and just things that bring joy. So um, that's actually one of the first things that we do when we start working together um, because I work a lot with, you know, women that want to increase their like self-trust. So increase that like intuition and actually like feeling into it and like acting on it instead of just like listening to it and then going <laughs> over on the side and kind of avoiding it. And so by having that sacred space in your home and just somewhere that is just dedicated to beauty, I feel like it also really helps just with the love energy that's also involved with wealth. So when we're wanting to manifest abundance, like we want to do it from a place of love, not a place of like fear or, you know, scarcity and because we want the wealth to stay when it comes. So a lot of times I'll, I'll um, have them get like a tarot deck or go find a crystal at a crystal store, just like starting to play around and experiment a little bit and also like date themselves a little bit. So they really start getting to like know what they like and what they want and why. And I feel like that's a big part of, um, you know, when these women kind of come to this place of confidence and they feel like, you know what, I can do something new in my life. Um, a lot of them are actually like healers, light workers, star seeds, and they start like unfolding and opening more. And so it's funny how just having like a meditation rug and some crystals or like a candle and sage can really um, bring more like balance into our lives too. So I always just recommend like clearing, clearing the air, lighting some sage, taking some deep breaths and just like connecting to spirit, connecting to your guides and just talking to them like you would your your friend or like a and a new acquaintance and kind of start building that organic like deeper relationship and that's when like the real magic starts happening and I'm like oh I had this dream or like this happened or this person came back and um it's just kind of this multi-dimensional like ride that we're on together and we're like okay good yeah we'll see how this plays out in the future oh this looks like you need to let go of something in your past and so we just get there in divine timing and kind mm -hmm. of enjoy 
<laughs> so I, I know love that. The tangent a little bit. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like, I feel like as women, we're like, you know, we spend the time to like get our hair done or our nails or buy a new outfit for a date. And like, we do the, we do these rituals, uh, you know, whether we're thinking that they're rituals or not. Um, and here's an opportunity to, you know, it's kind of like, okay, like for instance, like, let's say you were going to like take up exercising. Okay. This would be me because I wasn't a big exercise, but I'd be like, okay, well, what's gonna, what would get me to want to do that more? Well, maybe like some new running shoes or some new, like, you know, leggings or something. And so I feel like the altars or the shrines, the things that we're kind of setting intentions with, it's like to go out like an assignment to go out and find a crystal or to go and buy fresh flowers and, you know, do these little things where you're kind of setting an intention and like making it fun. And, um, you know, and, and it just becomes one of those rituals that, you don't realize that that is a vibration and that vibration is, is closer, if not the alignment of actually the thing that you want. So I want to like continue to go deeper into, you know, vib vibration, energy, frequency, you know, the Tesla teachings of the world. So I want to, thanks for sharing, Lauren. I think we're on to like a really good next topic here. So thank you. Okay. So Yayi, you, when you first mentioned you, I wrote it down, you, you talked about hoodoo. Mm -hmm. Um, and you all, is it called, I know Raja said it too. Is it, is it crawy, crawy shells? Um, crowy shells, cowrie shells. It depends on, you know, pronunciation is different, you know, amongst community. And especially when you go south versus up north, because for, for example, you know, I'm from Brooklyn. I was born and raised in Brooklyn, but I'm the first generation of my family to be born in Brooklyn, in New York. My family's from South Carolina. They're Geechees. And so it is, you know, the pronunciation is a little bit different, but it's spelled C-O-W-R-I-E. And then as the same as Raisha, I'm a, I'm a Palo priestess, so I use primarily a lot of Shamalongos as well. And shamalangos are made out of coconut. Okay, so I have no idea what these are. So how do how how do we use these energies whether it's the cowrie shells, if it's hoodoo, you know, what how does this activate energy and help us live like more abundantly? Okay, so uh hoodoo was really our African slave ancestors were just really holding on to a lot of the magic and bringing it over. And um, Hudu is very based in Palo Mayombe because Palo is based off of using a lots of herbs and roots and things of that nature. And so they were holding on. And so Hudu, it combined that natural medicine but it also combines their aspects of Christianity because they do use a lot of the Bible as well as the Torah or the Holy Quran. And they combine those aspects. So it, it was like bringing the old world and the new world together, holding on to their old tradition and bringing the new tradition together. Right. And then they learn from the indigenous people that were here and things to add on. And it built with every addition of people that were brought over. 
So the indigenous people that were here bought something to it. Then we had people come over and work on the railroad roads. So, you know, my great great grandfather that came and worked on the railroads, the Asian culture brought something over to it as well. Irish brought something over to it. Everybody brought over their magical culture and taught each other and actually, you know, interchanged with each other. So tell, tell us, like, I don't know, I want to know some like magical stuff. Like what kind of stuff are they bringing over? Like, is there something you can share? Okay, well, I'll, we, we, since we were talking about altars, right? And we're talking about cleansing, clean, cleansing your altar is something that is very, um, very important, right? And cleansing. So one of the things that we would use to cleanse our altar and, and we would say a spantamortha, right? Um, to get away, you know, the negative energies, right? But in Brooklyn, we don't call it a spantamortha. We call it Ghostbuster, right? <laughs> so I, I, and it's the same, it's the same thing, but you know, the the New York version of it, it's like, yo, get, go get some of that Ghostbuster, get the negative energy, bust up them ghosts, right? And then, you know, in community, we'd be like, oh, get some of Spantamorta, go to the Botanica. And it's E-S-P-A-N-T-A-M-U-E-R-T-A. And that's a herb that's commonly used on both sides. You know, that's a- Are you burning it? Are you burning it? No, you are, you are, you are making a cleaning liquid with it. Oh. hmm You're making a cleaning liquid with it. So like, like a, like, yeah, like, like a, you're putting the herbs and you're mm-hmm. steeping them for about 15 minutes, you know, in the pot and you strain it and you can use it to clean your altars and clean your, you know, at, I mean, really, you know, clean. Yeah. Clean. Yeah. No, no smoky clean, real clean, clean. <laughs> <laughs> like get the dust. All right. It's getting and, close over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And cleaning the floors. That's something that's very important and you know latina and african homes we got to get them floors honey you got to get in them corners you know and so cleaning cleaning the floors because magic is as my great aunt would say she said it starts from the bottom and it raises to the top so you have to get in them get on the floor so that's something and when you start to study uh, across the board, whether it's Santeria, Paolo, Hoodoo, you see the connection of our ancestors that were really just holding on to what it is that they knew and they just wanted to pass it on the best way they could. Okay, so I'm saying this to everybody. I'm saying this to you, Yagi. You guys all got to teach your own classes. Like, I am literally like, I'm taking notes here going, why the hell am I taking notes? Like, I, like there's so many, I have so many questions. And I know our people have questions. So I know, so everybody here for, the, for our listeners, they're all part of um, the Holistic Fashionista Club. And we have um, a new perk, which is called Soul Family Classroom. Raja is going to be teaching a class next. Oh my gosh, is it like tomorrow? Oh my gosh, I'm like thinking oh, it's like a wow. week from now. So she's, she's teaching the first one. It's tomorrow inside the Facebook community group. But all of you have access to be to teach a master class. I would love for every single one. You can get all that information in the members area. But there's just so much information. That way you can kind of decide your curriculum of like how you want to teach. Because I'm sure everyone's kind of getting like little nibs, little, little, little nuggets or whatever of gold right now. But I feel like... <laughs> 
there's just so much information and so many different cultures. And, you know, there's a lot of crossover, like, you know, Yai's saying, like, you know, they just started reinventing things and mixing and matching and all these things. And um, for those who are on the spiritual path, they're trying to figure out like, well, you know, everybody's, you know, going to church. Am I supposed to go to church? Like everybody is, you know, meditating and going to these retreats. Is that the right way for me? And so I think there's just a lot of like, not gray area, but it's just like finding what works for you. And, um, you know, there's no right or wrong here. It's like, again, it's just like knowing who you are. So I would just want to like throw that out there that if you guys would teach a class, you can teach a 30 minute class, you can teach a 60 minute class. I bet everybody who's listening here is, you know, going to want to know more about what you guys are talking about. Yeah, there's no right or wrong. I still go to church and I'm a and I'm a minister and I'm an interfaith minister. There's no right or wrong because, you know, a lot of times we have to realize that people we're we're all mixed in this day and age. There's no one person really that can say a lot that I'm a hundred percent pure of something. Yeah. Right. And if you have that, like many of the ladies said before, that's your DNA code. Right. I have Protestant ministers in my family. So, of course, those ancestors are going to call me to come to church to to connect with me. Right. You know, and I also, you know, have Cubano ancestors on my mother's side. So, of course, they're going to call me to get that cigar and sit and <laughs> get that espresso and light it up and have a conversation. You know, I have indigenous African ancestors. I have also Chinese ancestors. So there is not going to be one way if you are a multiple of things within your consciousness. And so, some people don't even have access to anything. They're like, mm -hmm. I don't even know which one to go to, you know? So mm -hmm. I, I think this is a great entry point for them to figure out like, what do I believe? Or how do I think the universe works or what feels mm -hmm. right to me intuitively? So I love it. Again, I think all of you guys teach classes, please. <laughs> okay, so I'm we're gonna do um we're gonna do some um vocabulary. Okay, we're gonna do a little, a little English class here. Um just because we've we've thrown out them a lot of words that they're probably some of them are seasoned and they're like, oh I, I know what she's talking about, but a lot of them are like, okay, I think I'm I'm overwhelmed. Like, you know, let's let's take it back a notch. Okay, so I've kind of written down words that you guys have been saying. Um, most of them, I know what they are, but you know, I like to hear other people's interpretation. So let's go ahead and start with, um, let's start with you, Marcella embodiment work. Okay. What's embodiment work. So there's different layers of embodiment work. People might feel like embodiment work is just working your body. And that's an aspect that's, it's really about really feeling your essence through your whole body. Like letting your, like your, your body temple, your vessel really allow yourself to come in full consciousness, your divine consciousness into your body. And what that also does is helps you get more clarity in your own spirit and in connection community to divine. So there's ways that you can do that. Another thing that it does is helps to clear out other people's energies, other people's mm -hmm. consciousness, other people like if things were acted upon you, that is not you, you know? So different levels of healing, ways that you can activate also your own magic, your own divinity, your own gifts, right? This unique way. So the embodiment comes, like, I love how it was, you know. Like, uh, is dance? Dance is one of them. And again, it's not just moving your body outward. Yeah. It's embodiment is from the inner and it's connection mm -hmm. to 
now the earth rising like shakti rising shakti energy of divine feminine energy of the divine masculine there's essences that you can actually activate more in you through different ways of embodiment and uh, another way of embodiment is how even touch like touch the sensuality coming into your sensuality um the senses your sens sensuousness and activating the beyond the five six senses is a part of embodiment so that people are you know living a lot like from the head up or not even there are too much in the mind space or the head space bringing into the different spaces more in unity so you can listen to different parts so embodiment is really fully embodying your soul your spirit your divine essence and um, again that's a dance as i've shared before um sometimes we, we prepare like you entrain to different aspects and then you can prepare to go even deeper and deeper and deeper. So give me an example of like a practice that would help somebody to be more fully embodied. Um, one of the practices I find very powerful is um, womb space meditations. So that's your sacral energy coming into your sacral bowl, right? We all have a sacral energy. So um, bringing your attention inwards um, so practice is just, you know, listen, like closing your eyes and coming down and allowing your, your presence, your intention, go inward down into the energy of your womb. And sometimes people don't know how to do that. Right. So it, the more that you, like, you, you may be able to come down into the heart space and then you bring that even deeper into your womb space. And, um, I, I work with movement with that. So then you're, if you're moving that energy, you're activating, you're opening, you can actually feel it more. So allowing yourself to feel yourself more into that with your breath, because breath also is a life force, bringing life force energy down into your womb space. So with that, with music and um, intention, there's different levels of the womb. And then the womb starts having your womb space. Even if you don't have a womb, you have the space that you can connect to. So you can speak to your energetic womb. So, cause I work with also women that have had different surgeries, cancers that they don't have th their actual organs, like even breasts and things. It's like, but you're coming into the space of it. So you're honoring it. Even me talking about, it, I could feel like the, the tears coming in wow. and really honoring the fullness of your being. We need a class on this. I'm telling you, is it like a guided like thing it's where you guided. would guide people? People I, I guide people to that and then also helping you to do your own, right? So that it's not only my guidance, but it's also vibration, sound, right? I mean, by voice, you can feel the resonance to bringing the resonance down. And then you have a voice. Your womb starts having more of a voice. Your creative center, you know, wow. as a woman, I that's like a part of embodying. And again, you know, there's, we have a whole spectrum of what it is to look like embodiment, right? It's, yeah. it's about unique embodiment what is your body like i have you know my venus and my north node is aquarius so it's like what's your unique thing right and like how, let's let's do you like what's your soul essence what's your movement and, and that's going to continue shift and change just like the moon shifts and changes beautiful the lunar the womb is connected to the entrainment mm -hmm. to the lunar, right so it's like listen now you're now you're activating and, and being able to bring that in so so again levels wow. just even walking on the on the ground and letting the ground helping you re-resonate, resonant of the ground. You're talking about, you asked about vibration, like letting yourself listen and feel the vibration mm -hmm. of earth. And that helps you now feel and pulse your own vibration. I love that. I know we're so caught up in a do, do, do masculine, you know, energy and, 
not listening and hearing and observing, you know, that's so powerful. Thank you for that beautiful definition. I am definitely like going to be attending that class because I, I love everything that you were saying. And I, I think a lot of people like we're starting to hear the word like terminology, like womb wisdom and stuff like that. And I know there's all this other terminology and like for someone who's even interested in this, I don't know everything about this. I see your guys' articles, but it's definitely something I think just needs to be, um, just more in the masses, you know, just letting people even understand that this exists and that and there is practitioners out there to helping them to connect with that energy. So thank you for sharing. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. So let's go to you, Raja. I think it was you that used the word sovereignty. Yeah. So self-sovereignty really means detaching ourselves from uh, what's weighing us down, what no longer serves so that we can be more in alignment with our soul's purpose in this lifetime. So what that looks like is really just um, looking at trauma, whether that's from our programming from this life, whether that's from past life trauma. Um, and those things exist as soul contracts, as karmic cycles, and how we release ourselves and untether ourselves from that so that we're able to be um, more in alignment with what our soul's purpose is. So in order to be fully present and in, and even go, going towards what our soul's mission is in this lifetime, we have to peel away the layers that have um, kind of like built up over time that create the disconnect from the original self. And so as we begin to peel away those layers and we begin to reconnect with the original divine self, the oneness of who we truly are, um, just as light beings here um, in clothing and in, in this you know, skin that we call our bodies, then we begin to reconnect with um, our self-sovereignty. So it's not that we're running from programming from an, a past life or from trauma, but we are making active, present, mindful awareness decisions um, with purpose from our self-sovereign place so that we're not, and, and it's, you know, it's a journey that, that of unfolding that happens um, that I work with a lot of my clients through. And it's, you know, it starts at the basis. I like to think of it as like a a pyramid kind of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And at the bottom is um, a willingness to just discover self-discovery, just, you know, what is it? What does it look like? Um, and it meaning all of it, all of who you are just, Oh, I hadn't realized I'm coming from this place when I do this. And um, when I react, you know, to this, I'm, you know, reacting. I'm not acting from a place of my personal power. Um, and then from the self-discovery, self-awareness is birthed. And then from self-awareness, we are able to love ourselves fully. And from self-love, self-compassion, self-sovereignty. And so the goal is just to really build on these layers and get to the pinnacle where we're completely free. We're free of the shame, the guilt, the... Um, the traumas, the past life stuff that we agreed to do here, where we say, okay, this time you come back as the mom and I'll be the dad and you be the child and we'll try to work it out that way. Well, all that really is, is just passing this energetic ball back and forth and back and forth. And what we're saying is I'm not throwing the ball anymore. Um, that story is over. That story is dead. I'm not doing it anymore because I need to be present for what I'm brought here to do in this life. 
which is not that from last life. <laughs> so really being able to be more in alignment with what our purpose is here in this life is, um, and, and as we do that, we gain more of our own personal power. We're, we're more present. We do things with, from a place of purpose. And that's the best way that we can all serve the collective, our communities, our clients, ourselves, our families, um, our, you know, higher power, wh whatever it is that we believe in. I love it. You know, I, I was listening or read, I don't remember where I got the information, but it's not my concept, but it was really profound. It was this guy was telling, um, was sharing that, you know, think of the universe um, as a video game. And we are the players in this virtual reality or this stimulation, simulation reality or whatever. And, um, you know, and, and we put, we wear all these different clothes, you know, you can pick your player. What does it look like? What, what's our hair look like or whatever? I don't play video games, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, and you know, we're going to go slay the dragon and then we win some money and then, you know, it's just constant things. So if you think about, you know, the way that we live in this reality, a lot of us are just playing a game. And to me, what you're saying is that, that self-sovereignty is when we finally said, I don't, I'm not in the game anymore. I don't want to be in the right. game. I don't want to pick my outfit. Um, I'm going to just go and, you know, be my authentic self over here. And um, it's, it's no longer chasing to win the prize at the end or more lives or the slaying the dragon so that you win something like the winning is when you don't even want to play that part of the game anymore. You just want to be over here. So that exactly. was it. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. I mean, and it's like all of those things are our avatars, even our astrological signs, our titles, our this, it's all avatars. They're all just these forms of yeah. us. But who are we without all of any of that? What are we? You know, we're just pure source light. That's all we are. And so really coming from that space and opting out of the game and the cloaks and the, you know, different hairstyles and the, you know, all the things in, that we collect even. Um, it's really about unburdening ourselves so that we can level up and, you know, maybe we don't have to come back here again and do this thing. I think that might be the goal. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for that. That was very enlightening. It was a great word to discuss today. So thank you. All right, let's go over to you, Malia. So um, I know we talked a little bit about like what you do, but it sounds like you are highly intuitive, um, not only for yourself, but even with your clients and just people around you. So let's talk about intuition. Um, let's talk about activating the third eye. Um, you know, a lot of us, you know, we're, we're told that we can um, follow our gut. You know, that's kind of the, the saying. So let's just kind of have a conversation around intuition and the, 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 the importance of it, but also how to um, get closer to it. Oh, wow. Where to start there? Um, one phrase that I've used over the years to describe how I experience intuition, and there's all the clairs, clairsentient, clairaudience, clairvoyance. I like to say, I know in my knower that I know. Don't know how I know, I just know. And I'm sure everyone on this panel including yourself and everyone who's listening understands what that means. With intuition, how it shows up for me, it, it's, it's happening all the time. It doesn't, um, you know, it's not something that I uh, shut off. I shut off intuiting for others 
but not the, you know, I, I live intuitively. Uh, that's my intention. So that's what plays out. What I see is like these um, fiber optic cables and there's billions of them. So when I'm doing a session for someone or, yeah, it's primarily in session where, where it shows up like that. I, I grab a little bit of a, that one cable because they're all kind of coming at me. So I just pick one and then that's what I, I see it, I hear it, I sense it, I say it to my client. And the reason why my signature sessions are six hours long, five to six hours long, and primarily designed to stand alone is because it takes such a long time using language. I have not yet figured out a way to, you know, just take it from here to there like that. Uh, I'm working on it. <laughs> What's your sign? But I'm a Leo. You're a Leo. Yeah. Okay. Um, thank you for asking. What's your sign? Capricorn. Okay. My, <laughs> my dad was a Capricorn, good with money. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I... Uh, I, it's the English language or any language that we rely upon to translate the information that I pick up. So I feel like I operate like a satellite dish and I get this information and I pass it on as quick as I can. And I have a framework when I do a prep, you know, a few pages of uh, you know, just a out, an outline that I come back to each and every time. And then there's a lot of time information. So even when I'm, you know, communicating casually in a conversation, I'm picking up on information. And my little code word for friends and family is may I? And that means may I intuit something for you? Because I'm not going to just start pummeling somebody with information that they haven't asked for or that they're not open to. So most people in my immediate orbit know exactly what that means. Um, it's may I intuit for you? Or I'm picking up something. So intuition... You know, there's empathy, intuition. You know, I didn't know. I knew I was a highly sensitive person, but I didn't know up until a couple of years ago exactly what it is and that Dr. Elaine Aron has studied it extensively over the last 20 some odd years and that there's self-assessment and there's other tools to, um, you know, help us help ourselves when we're highly sensitive and that it's a trait. Um, like you mentioned earlier in, earlier in the intro, that you know, weren't, you weren't crazy, we're not crazy, that there is you know, a vocabulary now to put words to what we experience on the planet as intuitives or empaths. And they are different. Being empathic is different than being intuitive. Intuitive is different than being a highly sensitive person. Being a highly sensitive person or an HSP, and I'm also an HSS, a high sensation seeker, so. Um, there's a lot going on, a lot of terminology that I wish I had known a long time ago. But to answer your question more thoroughly, intuition for me, it, what, what I'm noticing, I'm so lit up by, by everyone's energy and like all the, I'm taking notes fast and furiously. I'm like, okay, what, who's to doing their class and when are they doing it? I'm like, um, this is the class. We need to know yeah, yeah. about the HSS. <laughs> yes. I need to know all about like the five, <laughs> 10 ways you can, you know, uh -huh. intuitive or whatever. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Excuse me. Um, yeah. So, oh gosh, I'm, I'm so lit up by all of this. Um, I even lost my train of thought. Uh, well, how can we, 
what, what tools or how can we sharpen our intuition for the people that are, that don't feel like they're like, they go on a date and then it just ends up turning into, you know, not the right person again. And the next part relate is like, we're doing these karmic cycles over and over again, but we're not trusting our intuition because maybe we haven't learned how to tune into it. So what are some tips you would give to that person? Um, <clears throat> quiet the noise. The, I, I call it K-fuck radio you know, on your FU dial, it's that, er, that constant, you know, what we get influenced from or condition, the human condition, all the stuff that we learn from churches, media, schools, our primary caregivers, as well meaning as they might be or not so much. They teach us things that mm, are not resonant for all of us that are not our true truth. So if we can get dial that stuff down, and that's the article that I wrote uh, <laughs> for the magazine, uh, part one is up. It's the quieting that and not, not even quiet, quieting that KFUCK radio, the, um, but not listening to it, tuning into a higher frequency. And Session, I talk a lot about, you know, stop frittering away your precious mental ener energy mm. and physical energy on following the breadcrumbs of life, like looking down, look up for those signs because they're there. And then act and then you'll be floored with the outcome act on your intuition those you know it, it what i think people get tripped up by is what is intuition what what is it how does it show up how, like how do i know who my guides are how do i know about this intuition thing it looks like our imagination when i was growing up if someone had told me what i know now I, it would have saved me so much heartache and you know suffering and really just the dark days dark years um, but now I know that it looks like our imagination. It's like Neville said, uh, Neville Goddard, love The it. Awakened Imagination. Love that book. I love, 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 love Neville. So it's, and Einstein's, you know, it's the, the most powerful part of the human body is the six inches between our ears. It's right up here in the prefrontal cortex and that, that third eye and the pineal gland. And we can envision these things. I work with peak performers, highly visible people. I help them turbocharge their lives and livelihoods so they mentally rehearse a lot and when they're mentally rehearsing they're getting intuitive hits because they're doing it up here so what i tell them is to act on that information jot it down and then act on it and then see what happens and by doing that practice the validation happens and it's like oh yeah i i am in the right place in the, in the right and perfect time at the right and perfect time, talking to the right and perfect person about the right and perfect thing, always, 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 always. So acting on it and then getting that validation, that's where we start to get that self-confidence and self-esteem with our intuition. So what I'm noticing with everyone on the panel is, um, and the, the, the difference between like what I do and what everyone else does is I don't, I, my intake is name and age and that's it. I don't use any, um, I'm, in my personal life, I'm excited by tarot and crystals and essential oils. I'm super all into that. And I don't incorporate it into my sessions, into my livelihood. Um, it's, it's, you know, intuition. It's me talking and going through the signature process. Of course, I do some energy work. So it's just a combination of things that I've studied for a good many years. And, um, <clears throat> and, so I don't use the, I don't know, maybe I could entertain the idea of adopting some of these things and bringing them into my practice 
with clients because I use it for my personal life, but I don't, it's not a tool that I use when I work with clients. So what I'm, what I'm, one of my lessons today is like, open up Malia. There's some things I can start to incorporate into my sessions that I just didn't think that I wanted to, you know, I channel, I do that kind of stuff. I don't talk about that. I, I, you know, my website, it's very, you know, I take, I don't take myself very seriously, but I do take my livelihood really seriously. I, you know, I hold space for people. We all hold space for people. I don't, that's not to be scoffed at or, you know, I, I want to, one of the things that I got to work through for many years um, is the objection of people thinking that I'm too much of anything. I'm sure women on the panel <laughs> know what I'm talking about. You're too sensitive. You're too much. You're too this. You're too that. You're not enough of this or whatever it is. It's like, I'm just over it. And I, for the longest time, I wanted to ensure that I came across as really professional, working with attorneys and physicians and now this, the work that I do is mainstream. So now I do get to incorporate some of those other things, like my love of essential oils and crystals and things like that. It's, it's really exciting. It's liberating. So thank you. Yes. Oh, yes. Well, (laughs) a couple things came to mind and I know a few of you guys brought up Akashic records and, um, it's definitely of interest to me and I've taught taught classes and stuff on it um, that, you know, we are divine beings. And when you brought up imagination, I was really thinking, you know, you know, what we're really doing is we're accessing the Akashic records, you know, the infinite possibilities of there's infinite, you know, like there's no right or wrong. It's just, there's infinite things. And just like, you know, Einstein and Nikola Tesla and all these really great, amazing people, they were able to access divine downloads, divine information in order to, you know, come up with all these incredible um, discoveries. But we also, you know, it's not just them, like all of us are able to access the Akashics and I call them keys, you know, these keys that, you know, when we are quiet, when we are tuned in and, you know, people, I get the question all the time of like, Angel, how do you, how do you come up with all this stuff all the time? And I'm like, I'm not coming up with them. Uh, They're being given to me from the Akashic records, you know? And so it seems like, you know, I think somebody coming from their ego would be like, I thought that up or I'm the, you know, I, but, and I just, I just smile because it's like, this is, it's just coming through me. And, um, Yes, people talk about doing meditation to get this. I personally don't get them from meditation. They just come when you're like in flow, you know, for me. Like I could, I could be doing anything and be like, I just got a great idea. But I could just be like talking about something random and be like, oh my God, I just like came up with something like, because it's coming through and out my mouth, you know, like even like- All day long, right? <laughs> all day long, which is like, I have like these list of questions I'm like supposed to ask you guys, but like, I can't do it. I'm just like getting the downloads of like, this is what I'm feeling you really need to talk about, you know? So um, I, I'm just clarifying because, you know, I feel like a lot of people are like, how can, you know, Googling, how can I sharpen my intuition? You know, what can I do? And, you know, it's there all the time, which is what I love that you said. And it's really just about like, 
like being brave enough to, to, to receive it, you know, to receive the key and be like, you know, I just got, I had this dream or I was just having this conversation, this thing flew out of my mouth, or I just got a weird vibe from somebody and they said it was definitely not them. I don't know. That was a vibe. You know, that's intuition, you know, like that's, you know, you know, you know, women's intuition, that's a saying, you know, people are like, you know, for the longest time, like getting in my car at night, like looking around, like, you know, very intuitive about like conscious of space. Um, or mother's intuition. It's like mothers aren't the only ones that have that going on when they know something's, you know, when their child is 3000 miles away, but they wake up bolt upright in the middle of the night when that's in, you know, the incident happens. They're not the, you know, moms aren't the only show in town with the intuition but we've just been conditioned to believe that it's that, you know, gut feeling or women's intuition. It's not exclusive to women. I know a lot of men that are really gifted with the intuition. Love it. Thank you for sharing. One of the things that that you were talking about um, brought to mind uh, when folks are, you know, Googling how to develop uh, intuition, I would say stop Googling. It's not on Google. (laughs) (laughs) That's your mind trying to like make sense of it. Stop buying into the belief that it's outside yourself. The solution is not outside ourselves. It's in, it's here. It's, it's, at our, That's you know, an article we need for the magazine. How okay, to develop your intuition. Um, stop trying to figure it out. Stop yeah, Googling yeah. it. Yeah, All the things human, you should stop doing. We're human beings, not human doings. So we get to be, and I, I know that like the, I'm a big fan of Joseph Campbell and the power of myth and he talks about the hero's journey, but the heroine, the women, the, or, you know, gender not being binary, you know, the Gaia energy, we get to wake up to who we really are. That's our journey. We don't have to go out and do this epic, you know, quest. You know, the, the young energy gets to do that. Women get to bloom and blossom and, and discover that we are all perfect, whole, complete, and everything in our lives are here to serve us, which is true for everyone. High five to the ladies. Awesome. Okay, so let's go ahead. Let's continue talking about the divine feminine, but I also want to talk about ancestry because I know we've got two amazing guests here. We've got Reja and we've got Yayi um, who do ancestral work and things like that. I think it's, um, you know, I did like ancestry.com that's probably like the extent um i am not like that gifted and like you know I, I have a feeling from the soulmates that i've had that they've been in my life in the past but let's talk about ancestry um yayi and how you know what's the importance of knowing that information to know like your ancestry line lineage well, the importance of knowing your ancestry as knowing your spiritual court, who works with you, who is here to assist you on your journey, and who you can turn to to help uplift you during the dark nights of your of your soul that you are illusioning to yourself as the dark night, right? So you have different spiritual courts. You have a spiritual court that's your ancestors that are of blood and then you have spiritual courts of ancestors that are not of your blood of assistance we all have assistance here and so knowing and getting in tune with that help helps you 
helps you. Because me being in tune with my spiritual court helps me to know I need to turn off the satellite, as, Mal- as Malia says. Being in tune with my spiritual court helps me help other people because they let me know when's to rest, when is to, to that. And it also lets me know what, like, um, Raja, Raja, I'm sorry if I've said Raja. it wrong. Raja uh, said, is that you not no, it's no more. It's not happening no more. It stops here, right? That, that happened with great grandma, this one, you know, no, no, diabetes don't live here. Cancer don't, not, nah, no, you know, that doesn't live here. We're stopping this. And so knowing your, your ancestors help you to get in tune with what needs to stop. Because like you said earlier, you know, we, we lie to ourselves. And we have to realize that even if it doesn't express itself through you, if you have children, you have nieces, you have nephews, you still have that divine responsibility to heal that ancestral lineage because it will express and those other people that you love. Just because it's not expressing in you because you're so wide-eyed or conscious there's still other people in your family that need you to recognize that ancestral realm because your healing is not just for you you're healing to heal every single consciousness energy here we are all as it was said by someone we are all light beings we are all source energy so we are all connected to each other so the healing is not just for you it's for the kids it's for the it's for your nieces it's for your nephews it's for the planet it's for the animal it's for everyone so getting in touch to that ancestral trauma drama or whatever it is is to heal the whole the whole consciousness to say it stops here and how does one get started with doing that well, we have different uh, techniques. We have different types of readings that you can do to get in contact with the, and, you know, work with your ancestors. There are people that are ancestor, that divination that lets you know what ancestor lineages that you work with. You can also have what we call um, misas, a spir- a spiritual masses that, you know, where there's several different mediums that come together for you to work with your ancestors. And it's not just one person. It takes, you know, in a Misa, it's a village. It takes a village to, you know, to, to raise each other up and it takes a village uh, to do, to do the work. And so you come together and, and, you know, it's a, it's a very, it's a ceremony. It's a ceremony and they, just give you all the information that you need to connect and show you what you need to do to connect and give you the tools because it's highly personalized, right? Because what may be good for my ancestors may not be good for yours. So those kind of readings and those masses are highly personalized. And then there are group Mises where people can come together, but I always recommend getting with an elder you know, getting in contact with an elder and working with, as she um, said, you have to have, we have godparents. We work with our elders and our elders guide us. We don't just be like, okay, I just want to do this, right? You know, my mom is, is, is an elder 
And so my mom gave me the permission to divine. She, because she's my elder and she passed the torch. And so she said, you can now, you have now what it takes to divine for yourself and to work with the ancestral realm. Because everybody does not have, everybody has the ability to communicate with their ancestors because they're your ancestors. But not everybody has the ability to do all the rites and rituals that they need to heal. That takes, you know, practice, that takes knowing that that's for you to do. So don't be ashamed of getting help from an elder. And don't be ashamed of putting out in the universe, I need, a, I need an elder. I need a mentor. I need someone to help me. I need a village. Because in this age, even though everybody's coming up, there's a lot of what I like to call rogue witches. You know, everybody's like, they just want to do stuff on their own. <laughs> they, they don't want to come together, right? I'll do the ritual myself. And I, you know, and so be open, be, be open and be vulnerable. Be open and be vulnerable because working with the ancestral realm and working with trauma and all of these things, you can't be ashamed of it. You can't be, you can't be ashamed of it. And if you're too ashamed to ask for help, you're too ashamed to heal. Really? Right? And so those are some ways that I would say, and just, just talk to your ancestors. Just talk to them. Look in the mirror. This is one of the things that I give beginning students. I tell them to look in the mirror and look in your eyes. You, and just do it a minute a day, not say anything to yourself. And you will see the women, the men, the children that came before you. And look in the mirror and just say thank you because gratitude is the highest form of prayer. Just, and just thanking them for them being them because they survived all of this time so you could be here today and do this work. That deserves a thank you. I love it. Stare in the eyes, in the mirror. I did that for healing. I did that for acne. It went, it went away. <laughs> I tried to doing that. Get a pimple. <laughs> I just looked in and just looked in the eyes and just stared there and didn't look at my skin, just looked at the eyes only. Did mm -hmm. not stray. I did that every day for not even that long. Like, wasn't like months and months, you know, but mm -hmm. it's powerful. The mirror. I'm really glad they brought up a technique there. Um, I think another class there on mirror work. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do a whole thing on teaching my, um, you know, uh, my mentees and stuff on how to look in the mirror to look past what is in the mirror. Mm. You know, look past that, you know look past the mirror it's a dimension yeah because we're all here in different and you know dimension and the mirror is a tool you know of um of dimension love it 
Okay, well, we're talking about mirrors, so I got to go to the, the designer lady. Like, how are mirrors, like, important in our home? I'm so glad you asked. Um, I you have it on the list. You see? <laughs> so work. mirrors are, mirrors double everything. So um, it doesn't matter what, if you put good in front of it or bad in front of it, or you put it in a weird funky spot or that kind of thing, it always doubles. Um, the, and so I have also found energetically that mirrors have the capacity to hold energy as well as most pieces do, but um, mirrors have a very, I came across a mirror in an old house that had memories stored in it, like a hard drive waiting to be plugged into a computer. And I came along, plugged the computer in and it was like, whoa, all right. And so um, the, so with mirrors, be careful where you place them. Um, things that are, so you want to have them facing things that are um, positive energy, or you can have them reflecting back and shooting back out negative energy. So um, something that's really interesting, how do I describe this generally? Um, so for any, there can often be energy corridors within houses and within homes and that kind of thing. Um, I have one running down the right from the front door that there's like a, it shoots right out the front door and right through the house. Um, and so having something at the other end to block it, to bookend it and to have it run back so that the energy flows as opposed to just being this constant stream. It's something that you really feel within your house and it's something that you would notice whether you have a super strong intuition, sense of intuition, like something like Milia, or whether you're just like a total starter, newbie, have no idea. It's something that you can often feel because it's the thing that bugs you. It's the thing that you notice. You're just like, ah, I just, I don't know. I don't understand what's going on here. It's, there's often a thing that will trick you, or trick you, that's not the word, but will, 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 you'll notice. And um, mirrors can be used to redirect that to enhance or change flow. Um, objects that are also shiny can have that same property of a mirror. So something that's like chrome um, can do the same thing or a really shiny uh, crystal or a shiny picture frame or different things like that can also have the same like, effect of a mirror um, to send that energy around to different places. I love it. So like if we have like, let's say we have a mirror like near the dining table, but the dining table has flowers. So the mirror is like, you know, when you look in the mirror from like another angle, you, all you really do is see is the flowers that are on the top of the table, like yeah. that kind of thing. So that make sure the mirror, like whatever, cause I have, I have a mirror here, like just facing this area here. But if that was just like, nothing, Which, like this is just a boring wall with nothing there. It's like, well, then what's the point? Exactly. And then it's reflecting nothingness. Um, and so there's, and there's other connotations to it too. And so each person's house is really individual. And so it really depends on what each person is feeling in their house because the other side of that coin is if that mirror is facing the dining table and that dining table has held a lot of negative memories of you know, traumatic family dinners and of really negative experiences, that, that memory is stored in the table, in the wood of the table, in, in that space. It's like and the ancestry line. In the friggin' furniture. 100% an ancestry line through the furniture, through the earth energies. Our houses are all connected to grids that bring us in energies and bring us in flows and we send out energies and that kind of thing. And it is 100% the same as the ancestry lines. The earth has ancestry lines and the earth gives us that same energy and connects us to different places with different energies and different things like that. Um, and then, and our furniture and our possessions and our homes are, are all reflections of that and, and, 
Love it. Well, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna get ready to do spiritual jeopardy in a second, but I'm just gonna stay with the mirror thing because I think it's a great and a metaphor for a lot of stuff that we're talking about right now. So thank you, Lauren. I'm gonna go over to other Lauren, Lauren West, um, and talk about, okay, so we have people that are building their businesses right now. They're building their soul-based businesses, things that really light them up and um, getting down to attracting what I like to refer to as a kismet client. Like we are reflection, you know, to, uh, to either, you know, with astrology, the rising sign is, you know, how other people see you. To me, it's the, also the problem you're here to solve. So what techniques do you use to help your clients, whether that's building a website or just getting on social media and starting beginning those early phases of building out a soul-based business um, to help them be more mindful about the, what they're reflecting because that's ultimately what's going to be attracted? Yeah, definitely. So I like to work with the chakra system a lot and kind of base... Um, I guess my method of like how we're building and creating like off the chakra system. So we start from the bottom and we go up. So we start with like money, um, you know, safety, security, like that kind of stuff. So while we're doing the business work, we're also working on our life. And then we're also seeing like going like further and further out um, of like those outer rings is like, okay, what do we want to call in now too? So I feel like when, people are starting a business or a brand and they don't really know what to do. Like they don't know what they want to offer or how to offer it or how to, you know, get a copywriter or how to write your own copy or how to write a sales page. You know, I feel like in the system that I've created, I help kind of like guide people like through that. And I always like to start with like self inquiry, self reflection and making sure that like our vibration is at like a good point before we start a project so that everything is like, you know, emanating and rating radiating outward with like positivity instead of like oh and there's a doubt here and then there's a worry here and then here's like a really big self-limiting belief of like I don't really want to be seen like I don't really know if this is good enough to put it out there yet like who am I to do this work who's going to want to work with me with this thing that I've created that's never been seen in the world before so working through a lot of like mindset stuff and that just central like self-love being just like, if you don't know what to do, love yourself, you know, mm. kind of <laughs> rule of thumb. Um, and that really helps in the business world too, because as an entrepreneur, like we have to be resilient and like we need to like firmly believe in what we're doing and remember why we're doing it so we don't get sidetracked and so that we don't like stop ourselves. Um, Cause that's like one consistent thing between uh, any successful person in the world is that they didn't stop. They just kept going. So even if your business changes or like things start moving around, like just knowing that like it's getting better and better. And so I feel like by, um, you know, simply put, just starting off with like a good head on your shoulders is probably like the best place to start. And like letting, getting to that space where your head and your heart are like working in tangent with each other. And so it doesn't feel like, oh, well, my ego says I want this, so I should do this because this will look good to society or my family. And then your heart's like, I really just want to go to Peru in the jungle, do ayahuasca and just play around in Bali for a little bit. <laughs> like how we can make those things like work together. And that's a personal experience that I did. I was like, well, I want to do this, but like, I also really like work. How can I make it, you know, like work with each other and like have it self-sustain self itself? Um, I love that. 
Yeah. Like being honest about, it's like, yeah, you're building a business, but if you also love to travel and you like to do all this other stuff, you know, I think a lot of us, we will, we'll, in the beginning, we'll compartmentalize. I'm going to do this business so I can make this money so that I can go do the travel. And here, you know, Lauren's saying like, let's intertwine them, you know, like you're not segregated within your being, like you're, it's integrated. So that's class, that, that class needs to be taught of just how to truly integrate like your, your your yourself, your higher self, your lower mind um, into one and, and build a successful business that fits into the lifestyle, not even fits in, is part of yeah. the lifestyle um, mm -hmm. that you desire. So that's brilliant. Okay, so let's do, if we're going to do the last five minutes and we're going to do some spiritual jeopardy and just like kind of bust out as much as we can until the time is up. Um, but, you know, I just wanted to just first say, I'm, this has been a wonderful group. I am like, I know you guys so much better now, which is great. I don't have a ton of time to get on consultations and phone calls and all that stuff. So this has just been such a highlight of my day. So thank you. Okay. So I'm going to go to you tomorrow. Okay. So what is one tool that helped you work through shame? Passion. Passion. Elaborate. Absolute compassion. So once I understood that the shame was just absolute pain and a perspective, it was a perspective that I took on through that experience. Um, and it was blame. Um, of myself and self-hatred as well, all wrapped up into shame. Um, and the only thing that was ever going to shift that or shift my perspective out of that was self-compassion. And then compassion is the vehicle which really takes you to self-love um, and your own truth. So you've got to start with compassion. Um, it it's really is the most potent, powerful tool that I've used and that I teach. So, yeah. Beautiful. Love it. Thank you. Mac Malia, what's your definition of compassion? Hmm. Words are really powerful. So the ability to identify and connect with others, whether it's a plant or a person yeah with empathy and kindness beautiful thank you Raja. what is one book that helped has helped you connect to who you really are divinely i'm so glad you asked <laughs> um because i was going to mention this in one of our other little exchanges but um recently um the book was The Presence Process by Michael Brown. Love, love, love that book. I highly recommend it to anybody and everybody. Um, and when I was younger, like teens, was, um, I believe it's called Path to Love or The Path to Love by Deepak Chopra. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Marcella. What's a movie or two that everybody needs to see who's on a spiritual path? Don't let go. She asked me a movie. <laughs> um, I want to say Beaches is the one that's popping in my head. And um, it could be this like love and transformation and um healing that like a uh, being in that space i don't know that's what popped in my head and i don't even remember. i love it 
but on a spiritual path. Um, I, d I don't watch movies. Oh my goodness. No, but that one's a perfect one. I think <laughs> she loses her best friend. It's like, you are sad. And like, she goes through all this like dark night of the soul almost because she's just all pissed off and just goes into work and hides behind the work. And, yes. you know, no, I think it's, I think it's perfect. And I feel like another one is like seek out story that you resonate with, right? So sit, seek out a movie that actually, you know, humanizes your spiritual path. So it's really, I, you know, you like you go do the search, right? What, what are you needing? What is your soul calling you to, to watch, to get you into your heart and your space? Love it. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Uh, Lauren McLean, what is something you do that helps to comfort you when you are feeling down <laughs> um i sleep with my crystals i like right. um, i have um this rose quartz orb is i it's almost like it's actually my teddy bear i <laughs> i i have i'm an i'm on a i've had a stuffed animal oh yeah i've had a stuffed animal since i was a baby and i just like three months ago the animal told me i needed to release it and it was a super sad day but I was like, okay, you said you got to go. You got to go. Like, all right, whatever. And then um, my crystals took the place. So that was interesting. I love it. Rose quartz. <laughs> I love that round little mm -hmm. ball one. Those are great. I love when it feels all smooth on your hand. Love it. Thank you. Yep. <sighs> okay, let's go to Yayu. Who is one of your master teachers? You know, is there somebody that you are constantly learning from that always resonates. I know it was, I think it was Malia that brought up Neville Goddard. I love him. Is there something, someone or a few that you can think of off the top of your head? I would say my parents, mm -hmm. my parents were my first teachers, especially my mom. She took care of a lot of crack addicted children in the eighties and just love the way that she loves people so my mom and miss um, pearl uh she was a babysitter of mine she also took care of children in the neighborhood just that love they taught me how to love people no matter what so i would say they were my teachers in christ consciousness not christ as the person that people think Christ is, but the consciousness. And of course, my ancestors are my great teachers too. Perfect. Thank you. No, thank you. All right. One more. Let's get you Lauren West. How are you helping to create a new earth? Oh, I was wondering if you're going to ask this question. I'm <laughs> like, it's like the only question I had to like, just throw it away. No, this is, is a good one. This is a good one. So I actually, um, you know, I was in that jungle doing that ayahuasca for a week, like getting frog, like the frog poison, doing all this stuff. And, um, you know, that was like my intuition guiding me. I'm not Peruvian, like clearly I'm Korean, um, also American. Um, but me and my friend, my high maintenance friend go to Peru and we're doing like the things and there's no real bathroom and you know we're not really eating real food and I'm just getting these like the best feelings I've ever felt in my life and like all these downloads and that's the first time I really feel like I felt like I was like whoa that was like a download or like a mm -hmm. transmission you know 
I feel like those words get tossed around a lot, but like that was one moment where I was like, yeah, that was definitely it. And it was like the download of like motherhood. Like even if you don't have kids, like just the, just the um, like mindset or like perspective and then the energy of like, what if we all just nurtured the world? And like that whole like new like feminine paradigm, like that's kind of the energy that I feel like I'm anchoring in because I work with a lot of moms and then I also work with actually like a lot of women that, you know, there may be kind of um, like tension with the mother ties or healing or something may have happened. And it's just like that very like earthy, I'm also a Capricorn, so that like earthy like energy. And I've had like Akashic readers tell me that I was like a healer and um, like Hawaii for like most of my incarnations and stuff like that. But anyways, um, I think that that's what I'm trying to do. I'm like making this new um, like womanhood and goddess school and, um, you know, I've created my own like signature coaching course and like live coaching program. And I've helped a lot of like women move through that. And it's just, that's something that I really love to be a part of is kind of just like walking them through like a friend would to like, okay, and now we're across the bridge to womanhood and here we are. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a scary thing where, you know, we have to have a house and a kid and, and kids and a husband and all these like things. Like you can just start it now and don't have to, you don't have to think that you need to like get something to create it. It's like you create it by um, like radiating it outward. You guys, I'm, I, okay, first of all, I'm going to unmute everybody um, just because this, you know, it's a lot of work to put on the Empress Festival. We love doing it, which is why we do it every single month. Um, this has been such an incredible group of women. I know that you guys all feel how I'm feeling right now, which is very energized, very sensitive. Yeah, I feel very sensitive right now. Um, and I just feel so grateful. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, like I had to rise in order to be of service to my kismet clients. I knew my mission was huge. And in order for me to attract the caliber of people that we have here today, I had to do my own healing. So, you know, Holistic Fashionista, the platform is really um, a space for, I was looking for things that were going to help expand my consciousness and is because of the people in our, in our soul family and our community and the people that are contributing to um, the platform that has really made all the difference of my own life. So I know that the vibration of this, of this panel, of this, uh, this event is, is going to live on. And I just want to thank you guys all so much from the bottom of my heart for taking two hours out of your, of your busy schedules, out of transforming people's lives and being the light workers that you are for being a part of the Empress Festival. Thank you. Thank you. It was an honor. Absolute honor. You ladies are amazing. Likewise. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. Kids in the tribe. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, so we will reconvene at our next ep uh, next Empress Festival in September. I will be posting the replay of this inside the Empress Festival Facebook group. So if you have not added yourself that, I'm also going to leave um, the videos in both areas for life. So please, uh, panelists, please leave your information in the comments below so that people can reach out to you in case they didn't write down your information, how to locate you, like your website and your, and your Instagram would be great ways for them to connect. All right, you guys, have a beautiful rest of your day. And until our next time we meet, stay sacred. Thanks.